This podcast was proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.nzaudioeditors.com. Ryan J. Melson and Greg Mole from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. In this podcast, we'll break down the psychological tools and financial framework you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. In this episode, we're going to talk about a, a portion of your investment you might see on your KiwiSaver or a managed fund. And you'd be looking at it, and you'd be thinking, does that make sense? Well, cash, cash equivalents, what's that mean? Well, it's probably one of the most common vehicles that New Zealanders use for their wealth. Like um, I was talking to someone the other day and they said the best advice they ever got was to invest in land and in the bank. And the reason you had that, that variation of owning property and also owning land is that you've got the growth assets and you've got the income assets. So the cash and the cash equivalents are accessible. You're able to get them quite easily. So it's to protect you against the uncertainty. But the thing people don't think about when they invest their money into the bank, for example, is that the risk isn't necessarily losing your money. The banks can still fail. They aren't necessarily guaranteed and protected in that sense, but the government would really, really not want that to happen because as soon as you lose the trust of an economy and of the people um, that reside in New Zealand, then it's a domino effect and people start taking out money and banks fail and it's not a good position we want to be in. So for the most part, New Zealand banks have been quite safe and the other benefit is you get a fixed return. You're like, okay, I'm going to get this interest rate each year um, for this period of time, let's say I lock in a term deposit I lock it in for one year or three years or five years. And then I feel comfortable that I'm going to get a certain return. So that's what cash and cash equivalents are. There's also uh, another uh, piece to it as well where the, the main criteria for it to be classed as cash or cash equivalent is that it's highly liquid and there's a high credit rating for it. So obviously, once again, uh, liquid is just another jargon term. And the idea is that it's sellable. There's a market for it. It's easily accessible. And what helps it be more liquid, shall we say, is the fact that it, the credit rating is high and the duration of the cash or cash equivalent is short. So the person that's buying off you isn't taking much risk, so they feel more comfortable to buy it off you. And the counter to that is um, your risk might not necessarily be losing your money, but the risk comes in the form of the cost of living increasing each year. So obviously inflation, each year inflation um, increases. Uh, we had record highs from 2020 June to 2021 June. And, you know, the market recovered a lot more than people expected. So the cost of living um, increased by 3.3%, I believe. So and basically how they measure that is they have a basket of goods because the consumer price index, you know, bread, milk, that sort of thing, as a gauge to test how those prices have increased over a period of time. And if you think about it, you've got money in the bank. You want to make sure that in 20 years' time when you decide to use it as your retirement vehicle that 
you're still able to purchase the same amount that you could today. The reality is, unfortunately, that cash in and cash equivalents often don't outpace the cost of living. So here's a simple example. If you had a 3% return on a term deposit, you take off tax. So right, let's say around about 30%. That leaves you at 2%. And then inflation, as I said, was 3.3% last year. On average, it's been about 2 So you've got a 2% return after tax. And then you take off inflation, so your return zero. So that's what's called your real return. So that's the, the part that people don't really think about when they put money in the bank is that, okay, sure, it's safe, you feel comfortable, there's a fixed return, um, but then the cost of living's increasing faster than that return. So <clears throat> other things that are included in that, so you might have a floating rate note. Um, so once again, a note is just you know an agreement to say, hey, I'm going to pay this, I'm making a note, then I'm going to pay you the floating rate. So the floating rate, um, similar to a mortgage is that it fluctuates over time depending on what the market says and then you're going to get an interest rate um, dependent on how the market fluctuates so that's a floating rate loan and it wouldn't normally be more than a year because once again it's got to be highly liquid and um, a high credit rating for it to be part of the cash and cash equivalent as a general rule of thumb basically it's very accessible um, there's term deposits and there's on-call, same thing again. You leave money with the bank, accessible, you can get it. The things with savings is obviously they incentivize you to keep your money with them. Um, and term deposits, if you leave money with the bank, if you were to break it, there's costs that go along with that. Um, because basically the exchange you have with them, they're paying you a higher return for the security of knowing that they have your money for a period of time. Because the money goes into the bank, how they make money is... They pay you a low interest rate to get the access to your money and use their brand and credibility to loan at a higher rate to someone else and then they take a margin off those two exchanges. Um, so there's other vehicles and other ways that they make money. Um, that's just a general rule of thumb on uh, sort of how the exchange works. So when you look at your KiwiSaver, you'll commonly see them broken in the four categories of um, shares, property, um, bonds and cash and cash equivalents. So cash and cash equivalents would include short-term bonds, would include short-term floating rate notes, would include on-call or savings or term deposits. So it's the very accessible part. And usually there's a small proportion of this in your portfolio and it's used to pay the tax liability. So each year there's a tax that you have to pay if, say, for example, you're investing through with KiwiSaver. So that's left there as a means to pay with a less volatile asset, an accessible asset that doesn't go up too much as um, liquid. It's a good tool to use to fund, obviously, the fees, to fund the tags, that sort of thing. So it's a basic overview. I think it's important that people understand, that, especially when they're looking at a managed fund or a KiwiSaver provider. Um, what does this cash and cash equivalents mean? So that's the idea of it. And uh, once again, anyone that's, listening to this, I genuinely appreciate just a review. Um, we're sort of going down investment fundamentals as, as part of a course um, to help incorporate into this online learning platform that I'm developing. So some of these concepts might be a little bit basic for the listeners. Um, some of you might, you know, um, get brand fatigue. You're like, okay, Ryan, I've heard too much here. Let's get a guest on. Basically, unfortunately, we were um, with COVID. So uh, we, we're just sort of um, sticking sticking to what we've got at the moment, um, just me and developing the, the content for the courses as well. 
so a sort of double-edged sword. Um, and once again, nzaudioeditors.com, if you're, if you're comfortable enough that you enjoy this audio, then, you know, and you're looking for something to do or hedge your business against the fluctuations and inaccessibility of how you'd normally get clients, it's time to, to leverage the power of podcasts. Very few people do it. Billions of people have blogs. Only millions of people have uh, podcasts. And it's pretty easy to rank high. Like even we're one of the top 100 in New Zealand. So for business, even us with a marketing budget of $80 a month. So that was a long-winded uh, explanation. Um, but that's cash and cash coolants. So thanks, guys.